Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Unplugged podcast with me, Sebastian Slovent, and as always, co-host Sonia Mohammed. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be here. Today we have a, a fascinating show. We are going to be talking about the question of, is technology neutral? And we'll get into this a little bit more, but for a long time, I viewed technology as a neutral thing. You either use it or you don't use it, and it's up to you, or me as an individual to set those boundaries. And uh, some of my thinking has been shifted recently with the speaking out uh, by Tristan Harris, a former Google developer and computer scientist. So we're going to explore some of um, some of his work and what he's talking about and uh, take from there. So, Sonia, what do you think about this? Is technology neutral? What's your take? I think it's a really important question to be asking. Um, And I think probably similar to you, I used to think that it was neutral, totally neutral. And I think probably it was. It did used to be neutral, Um, but it doesn't seem that way anymore. I feel like the lengths I have to go to to manage my relationship with technology and devices suggest that, um, you know, something significant has changed uh, that is compounding the issue for me, making it more difficult to have a healthy relationship. So in short, uh, no, I don't. I don't think technology is neutral. That doesn't mean it's bad, but I just don't think it's neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. And I think just to clarify what we mean by is technology neutral. um, Again, Tristan Harris is a former Google developer, computer scientist, and has has done 60 Minutes episodes and TED Talks and a bunch of different stuff. He's written a bunch of essays kind of about the what's happening behind the scenes with our, particularly our smartphones. So one analogy he uses is that, you know, back in the day when people were talking on old school phones, 70s or 80s, um, and they were just like gossiping on the phone or, or, or catching up, that was just kind of a neutral, a neutral thing. Because a lot of parents I think today equate gossiping on the phone the same as how people are, or young people are text messaging or Snapchatting or whatever today. And what he's saying is, basically, behind the scenes of the smartphone are hundreds of highly educated developers who study uh, psychology and how the brain works, and are basically encoding or coding the the smartphone to like trigger us to be on it much more than a normal telephone would. So, you know, setting little notifications and dings here and there to uh, make us always wanted to come back. Great. Yeah. Like uh, my alarm clock is probably pretty neutral. <laughs> tell me about your alarm clock. <laughs> well, no, I just mean um, that's a piece of technology or, you know, a device that's electronic that I use that is not um, captivating me in any way other than I'm thinking – uh, oh, I have to get up tomorrow morning, so let me set my alarm. There's no um, alerts or anything extra that it does to draw me in. Right, right. And you have an old school analog. Yes, yeah. 
Yes. Just to clarify. Old school alarm clock. Yep. Correct. So we are talking today about uh, the question of whether technology is neutral or not. And I want to bring this to our work at Nature Unplugged and how it relates. We have been, te- a lot of our, our work has been designed around uh, technology being neutral. So people like creating their own boundaries and just, you know, use it when you want to use it and when it makes sense for you and don't use it when you don't want to use it. But with this, I think, new development and insight into the industry, it's not quite that simple. It's not quite just like, I'm going to use this, I'm going to use my phone when I want and put it down because there are, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, I think there's also a piece to this where to be successful in having a healthy relationship with your phone or your computer or your TV, first you have to develop uh, respect for the the coding or, you know, the neuroscience that's going into these applications and um, systems and softwares. And so that's that's a really important first step to have that respect and, and appreciation for the pull and the seductiveness of technology. And once you can fully embrace that, it becomes it becomes something that you understand in a different way and then can face and manage in a different way. Um, where before we, we were more or less operating with this illusion of, um, you know, just get it under control. Like you can do it. Like it's just a matter of will. And while that is true in some regard, it's not so, it's not that simple. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's interesting when I think back to clients, whether it's younger clients I've worked with, middle school age people, high school age people. And, you know, a lot of the messaging is just like, yeah, it's more, mind over matter it's it's about will um step up (laughs) but it's really not the case and with parents too so i think if you're out there and you've been through this where where you set parameters or boundaries around your phone use and you find yourself being drawn back into it somehow and you think that oh it's just i'm i'm you know it's my lack of will or i'm too weak or i can't it's not really personal it's you know there's people on the back end very smart people again that are designing this specifically to make you come back over and over again. And again, there's lots of ways, lots of ways that people do this. I think one example that Tristan Harris used in uh, an interview I saw was, uh, I think it was first done with YouTube, where YouTube, you know, all the YouTube, Netflix, Facebook, they're all, they're all competing for one thing, and that's our attention. And YouTube, I don't know when this happened, but a while ago, they figured that if they automatically played the next video after your first video ended, that people would stay on longer as opposed to, you know, finishing the video and then having to click on the next video they want to watch. So it's, what's it called? The auto, auto play yeah. was a, was a function that they created to keep people on it. And then Netflix did the same thing. Facebook did the same thing. So you may notice that if you watch Netflix or if you watch YouTube that you're watching a season, let's say, uh, of Parks and Rec, for example. <laughs> you finish your episode and all of a sudden you have 10 seconds till the next episode starts. And that's a really interesting thing because we want to watch it. It's a funny show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really hard to be like, 10 seconds, I'm stopping. I'm not going to do it again. So it's, it's so one way that one coding way or development uh, practice to keep us on there for longer. 
Yeah, I mean, it literally takes the choice out of your hands. Um, or it makes makes the choice much harder. Um, in that if it pauses, and I'm asked, do I want to watch the next episode? Um, you know, I, I might experience a whole bunch of things of, well, that sounds fun, but I've got this to do, and I want to do that, and X, Y, Z. And if it just rolls into the next episode, I don't really have to make a decision and can just continue in my state of watching TV on my comfy couch with my comfy blanket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You do have a pretty comfy blanket. Yeah, too. but it's this, it's this idea. It's cashmere. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, are you sure? That's why. It's so comfortable. You watch so much. <laughs> no, I think it comes back to this concept of attention is the new currency and everyone's vying for attention. And the longer they have your attention, the more successful and profitable they are, whether that's because they have ads streaming on the side, um, you know, whatever their their marketing schemes are or whatever revenue stream they might be getting from you using their app or device. It's it's an interesting way to start looking at the world and all of the marketing and inputs around you is everyone is vying for your attention and that is a very important currency. Yeah, absolutely. I think a, just a quick blanket update, it's alpaca. That's what I thought. Yeah, Peruvian. Yeah. Okay, okay, moving on. All right, you're so certain though. <laughs> <laughs> it's cashmere, it's wool. <laughs> Anyhow, another thing that... Uh, Mr. Tristan Harris talked about with this was another example of how developers are keeping us on our devices longer. This is not something that affects me so much, uh, but more younger folks or us maybe. Um, I'm not, we're not on Snapchat, mm -hmm. but there's this thing that developers created on Snapchat that is another way to keep uh, young people's attention longer. And that is a thing called snap streaks. Mm -hmm. And Again, I'm not a Snapchat user, so if I'm butchering this, please forgive me. But my understanding of Snap streaks is that they made it so, let's say you have an, uh, a communication exchange with somebody. If you keep that going multiple days in a row, there's incentives to do that. So it counts your every day that you send a message to another friend, you get these streaks. And there's you know all these bonuses to having a streak. I think it just like looks cool. It makes you... People are people are excited about that. So it becomes this, particularly for for people that are into Snapchat, this major issue and way to keep them engaged. And they're basically, from what I hear, you know, people just to keep their snap streaks going are sending. They'll send a picture of some, like nothing, like a wall or a floor, or you know, just like to keep it going. So they're just they, you know, it's all about this like social pressure to keep the the streak going, even when. Let's say someone goes out of the country and they're not able to use their phone. They give their password away mm -hmm. to, to friends so that they can keep their snap streaks going when they're away. And this is like bonkers behavior. Got to keep the streak alive. Got to keep the streak. <laughs> yeah, and so that's showing up now on Facebook and Instagram with live stories. Um, oh, yeah. To keep your story alive, you have to post it every so often. Um, and then it becomes one longer continuous story. Um, so these are trends that are going to continue and... Awareness around them is pretty important. Yeah. I guess I don't fully understand the Facebook story thing. This is something we've talked about before. We can, this is for another episode. This is not a how-to Facebook episode, but one day I want to learn what the, what the story means. Okay. What is it? Okay. Yeah. One, right. one day you will. <laughs> Maybe it's because I didn't use Snapchat. 
I am not hip to the story or I feel no pull to keep to my story going. What you're saying is because you're you're um, not Snapchat literate, uh, it's impacting the use of the rest of your social media. I think so. Competency? Well, yeah, maybe I'm just it's I'm the coding work is less effective on me because I don't know what's going on. So so what do we do about this? We let's say we're building awareness around understanding that technology is less neutral than we thought it was, or it has moved now to a space that's less neutral than its origins. How do we manage that? Or what are some skills or things that we can keep in mind when interacting with our technology? Yeah, great question. I think as you mentioned before, awareness is the key. Mm -hmm. So understanding that this, there's things going on behind this that are out of my hands that are trying to trick me. I think that's just going into it, knowing this little device is trying to trick me. <laughs> but the people, be <laughs> the people behind it are trying to trick me. Um, so I think having that awareness is really, really important going into it. And so you're not blindsided by it. There are ways to, uh, based on settings of various uh, platforms to change this so it becomes more intentional. So that's one thing that's been, I think, really effective for me is, I'll give a few examples, but making changing a few things on settings so you have to be more intentional. Mm -hmm. One is on Netflix, for example. You can go into settings and turn off the autoplay function. Mm -hmm. So that means you have to physically move your fingers over a button to change to play the next episode. And that's that made me seem... May, might seem like very little, but I think having that that space and time to actually make the choice to watch the next thing is really important. Mm -hmm. I think an, another one is, and this may be more difficult to explain on the pod, but I can send an example, is the uh, on my phone clearing off the, the desktop or the mm -hmm. screen of mm -hmm. all apps and putting them all in one folder. Mm -hmm. And basically using my search function on my phone to to do whatever I want. So that, that way I'm not just opening. I think the, the, the danger is you have a task that you want to do. Send someone a message on Facebook. You go in to Facebook. While you're going into Facebook, you get an email notification. You go into email. You start scrolling through email. You go on Snapchat. You check the weather. You check the waves if you're like me. <laughs> And then it's been half an hour and you haven't yet sent your Facebook message. Mm -hmm. So I think intentionality, making yourself search is helpful to uh, take away some of that yeah. vortex time. And you can update your push notifications uh, in your settings too so that if you don't care so much about your email, you can set it up so that you don't get a notice every time you get a new email. And almost every single... Um, app you have on your phone has that capability you can turn off the push notifications um right. so that you would have to like go into facebook to see how many messages you have or how many likes you have and same with instagram rather than an alert being sent to the to your phone um you can also change the type of alerts you're getting sent um you could just see the little number on the app or or you can have the thing that comes across the top or the face of your phone that says you know 32 new likes um so Maybe, you know, an interesting first step would be removing the the alert that comes through on your phone and seeing how you do with that. And some people like removing the number so they don't see you have 340 emails or something like that. Um, 
But those are all potential ways to begin addressing that. I think there's also an interesting, well, maybe it's not interesting. There's also something you can do in terms of just creating a home for your phone or a home for your laptop. Like, and what I mean by that is having a space in your house that, um, is where that device lives so that there's a very distinct place that it goes. And so when you don't have it there, it's, it's intentional. Um, otherwise I feel like it's real easy to just start walking around the house with your phone because <laughs> it's, it's an unconscious habit to just want it around you often. Um, but if you've got a space designated for it, you can you know, place it there until you are independently um, inspired to do something on it versus, oh, I hear a ping or, oh, I see a notification and then sort of mindlessly going into a vortex potentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So awareness and then intentionality, I think, are the keys. And then making little tweaks, plenty more. We'll add a few in the show notes uh, in terms of like little recommendations we have for uh, tweaks you can make to make your phone a little bit more neutral. Awesome. We will also link in the show notes, uh, if you're not familiar with Tristan Harris and his work, we'll link to a few of his interviews. Uh, again, he's done a TED Talk, 60 Minutes interview, all sorts of essays. The 60 Minutes one is great. Yeah. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. He's good. He's great. Yeah. And um, some prominent researchers and, and faculty members are also interviewed in that 60 Minutes brain hacking thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's not just Tristan Harris. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So we'll include that stuff in the show notes. Very interesting discussion. I'm sure we'll have more talk around this moving forward, but just wanted to introduce the topic. Is technology neutral? The answer we came up with, not really, (laughs) for the most part. It's not. Uh, Okay, cool. Oh, you know what's coming up next, Sonia? What's that? It's an episode of New News. An episode of? (laughs) A segment. (laughs) Perfect. Segment of New News. I love those. And New News, just if you're not familiar with it, is a it stands for, it's N-U, news, Nature Unplugged News, new news, hashtag copyright. <laughs> okay, and today's episode of new news, segment of new news, I came across this recently, very interesting. There is a new phone, basically it's called the Dumb Phone. The company, what's the company called? It's called Light Phone. Okay, so I hadn't, maybe you've heard of this, but I hadn't heard of this. Basically, they cre- these, these folks created, I think they're out of Brooklyn, New York, were interested in a phone, speaking of neutral technology, that basically just did the things that you need a phone to do. Like tell the time, no, it's, maybe it tells the time, but it calls, it makes calls and sends texts, and that's it. And so the idea is that this can either replace your phone or you can have it in addition to your phone if you want to go out to dinner you want to still receive phone calls and texts or be able to make them but you don't want all the apps that uh these hackers not hackers these developers are coding to make us uh, want to use all the time so it's really really cool and so we'll we'll include a link to this as a business insider uh, article and it's titled the beautifully this beautifully designed dumb phone can only make calls and send texts and it might be the key to curing our addiction to apps. What do you think about this, Sonia? You, had, you hadn't seen this really yet, but um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'd be curious to hear how they're doing and, and what market or audience of people 
are buying it. Oh, it does tell the time. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think it could be really useful also in serving the purpose of safety concerns of, um, you know, not wanting to go somewhere without your phone because what if my car breaks down or what if I have an emergency and then I can't call the people I, you know, need to call or get help as quickly as I would want. Um, and so that's maybe particularly relevant to hiking or nature time also, um, where this would allow you to have that without having to go get like a SOS device or something like that. You can have a phone that legitimately makes calls and texts and you don't have to worry about also using it as your camera or, you know, turning it on airplane mode to make sure you don't get your Instagram notifications. Um, it sounds super useful. I think it would take a lot of relearning, um, to then find your information elsewhere, but it, it's basically managing all those boundaries for you, which would be really useful for someone, you know, like me, for example, that doesn't always have the will or the discipline uh, to manage some of those boundaries myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've never used it. We've never used it, but it looks like a super awesome device and would love to give it a try. Yeah. And you it's, can't see the picture, but it, it looks really sleek too. It's yeah. not um, like an old flip phone or something yeah. like that, or, you know, what we tend to think of of uh, dumb phones prior to smartphones. Yeah, it's pretty small, it's sleek, well-designed. And this is apparently, this article came out because this, the Light Phone 2, version 2, has just recently been released. They, they had, The version 1 was out for a while, and I think they're, they've made a lot of improvements. And I don't have the numbers with me, but I was reading this, and I, I think it's selling, doing quite well. It's, um, yeah, the business is doing well. It's selling a lot of them in a lot of different countries outside of not just in the United States. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Lightphone 2, check it out. We'll uh, include the link in the, the show notes. Cool idea. Great idea, Lightphone people. Awesome. Well, Sonia, great to have you again, as usual. My pleasure. And this has been uh, another episode of the Nature Unplugged podcast. Thanks for joining us. And, um, you know, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You can also find our episodes on SoundCloud, Stitcher, other podcast platforms. Uh, if you're interested in more information, including our show notes, be sure and visit natureunplugged.com for more information and resources. And you can also reach out to Sonia and I directly from our site. And we'd love to hear you know, your thoughts on the show. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, feedback, ideas for future shows, or potential guests for shows. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, until next time, <laughs> we don't have a t we don't have an outgoing outro until next time beware of your phone it's not as neutral as you thought is that we don't want to end on a downer though no. okay until next time have a great day see you next time bye if you think you should go I will let you go oh.